Hello and welcome to the podcast. We as the Beauty and the Beast, and we are here with two of our good friends, Ron and Holly. Um, and we're just gonna jump right into it, get started. Melissa, yeah, we've got some good stories today. Figure out which one to go with first. I'll just go with the top, I guess. It was the juiciest, deepest, darkest. Hmm. No, I'm joking. Just start with the top. We'll get lost. <laughs> We're gonna get lost. Okay. You handle you you handle your business, baby. <clears throat> One of my husband's friends made me uncomfortable at our wedding, but it's my own fault. Oh, this one's gonna be good. This is I feel like this could go so many different ways. I just feel like she's like if I'm thinking about it like you. Like, you're just too nice. This mm -hmm. motherfucker needs punched in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. We'll find She could have maybe just, maybe she led him on at one previous. And now she's regretting it, maybe. See, like this could go so many different ways. <laughs> Get into it. Let's go. Okay. Last weekend, my husband, 27 male, and I, 30 female, got married. She probably figured it out. It was a great wedding, and I had a great time leading up to it. There's been only one thing that's left a sour taste in my mouth. Growing up, I've always wanted a big princess wedding. I know some people see those as tacky and immature, but it was always my dream. As part of this, the theme for our wedding was ballroom, and I told everyone to wear the nicest things they owned and told the women in particular to try to outshine me. Really? That's I, interesting. Right? Wow. <laughs> that's well, first, That's really dumb. <laughs> I even went as far as telling the married women to wear their wedding dresses. What? So right? she wanted it to be like a legit, she wanted it to be like a legit ball, like, basically. Yeah. Okay, you can go to like okay. It's her wedding, I guess. If she wants to do it, <laughs> any <yeah>. anyway. <laughs> I didn't care about being outdressed. Instead, all I wanted was to fulfill the aesthetic in my in my head that I had for the wedding, which included everyone else looking nothing less than extravagant. And no, before people ask, I don't regret my decision. It was really special to see my mom, aunts, and bridesmaids all in their own dresses on my big day. It, it kind of felt like they were passing the torch on to me, and I really enjoyed the experience. Now, on to my husband's friend. My husband has this friend I'll call Kate, Kate, 27 female. Oh, it's a female. It's her husband's friend, and it's a female. Oh, I thought it was a dude. I mean, yeah, I With the name of Kate. Well, I, I didn't hear from that. The beginning, from the beginning, is what you're I thought, yeah, I thought it was a dude that was like creeping on her. No, it was a female that twisted, was probably twisted inappropriate turn. with him at the wedding. It just went through my head. <laughs> Kate is my husband's childhood friend and first love. Uh, my husband comes from a small town, and the majority <laughs> of his friends he's known since adolescence. In their first, in their senior year of high school, Kate and my husband got engaged which is kind of normal where they're from, but called off the wedding and never went through with it. It was mutual. They felt they were growing up too fast and wanted to slow down. The calling off the wedding was the end of the relationship, but they stayed friends. <laughs> I knew this information prior to getting with my husband and never had a problem or felt jealous because I'm friends with a few exes myself. In fact, two of them were invited to our wedding. I've never had a problem with Kate being my husband's ex, but I have had a problem with Kate as a person. As she's kind of bitchy and gossips like she's still in high school. A few examples of this are just a month into our relationship, she confessed to my husband he she still had some lingering feelings to which he responded that they had already tried that and it didn't work. 
If she brought it up again, he would cut her off out of respect for me. I wasn't that mad at the time because I understood that they had long. Like should have done it right then. Had my long history and my relationship with him was just starting out. And she owed it to herself to see if there was anything still there before it was too late. However, after she was turned down, her attitude toward me changed to fake nice and started calling me things like cougar or asking me how I expected to make a relationship work as I wanted to be an anesthesiologist, which would require long hours or telling my husband's whole friend group how she doesn't like my loud personality. And when I confronted her about all of those things, she would say, oh, it was just a joke or you're so loud. I felt like you would just go off. There's more shit, but if I typed it all, I would never get to the point. It definitely sounds like she went mean girl, like, let me just be <clears throat> this bitch and try to get Well, her. now that she couldn't get with her husband right. or her boyfriend, now she's like, now I'm just going to be rude and mean. Yeah, let me find different ways to make this lady uncomfortable. Go ahead, finish, because I got, I, I'm going to give you my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kate has her own husband. I'll call Gerald. Kate and Gerald mo- both make average in terms of finances as they are both teachers. Kate is kindergarten and Gerald has seniors. They got married last year. On a teacher's salary, Kate wasn't able to afford the most luxurious wedding dress out there, but I always had the impression that she was happy with it. Kate does have another wedding dress from when she was going to marry my husband that her dad paid for, who has unfortunately passed now, which in terms of fanciness is a bit nicer, but obviously she didn't wear that dress to her own wedding. I was expecting Kate to wear the wedding dress she wore to her own wedding to our wedding. But when I looked and saw her, she had the wedding dress she was supposed to wear when she was getting married to my husband. When I saw her, I immediately went WTF, but decided to just drop it because I didn't want a conflict on our wedding day. My husband, however, was also confused on why she wore that one and asked her about it without me even having to tell him I was uncomfortable. She responded, well, your wife wanted such a big princess wedding. I thought I'd wear this one because it follows the theme more. Don't tell me she's upset about it. She's the one who said, come in your nicest clothes and this is my nicest dress. I feel like I'm not allowed to be upset even though I am. And I know that this is my fault, but the whole thing has really left a bad taste in my mouth. I would have never been okay with her wearing that one if I'd known she was going to. And I feel like she should have asked. I keep telling myself it's not that big of a deal. And during the daytime when I'm distracted, I don't even think about it. But I've always been a night owl, and it makes me shitty every time I think about it before I fall asleep. So now I'm here complaining on Reddit like a loser. I feel pathetic. I don't know how to link an update. But oh, but for anyone who wants it, it's on my page. So there is an update. So we'll, I'll go to that after we discuss it. Go for it, buddy. Women are bitches when it comes to each other. They it's are. True. They're they're vindictive. They're ugly. That's why I've um, never really had lots of girlfriends. <laughs> I mean, we've had them. There's that we've had. We, I'm not saying we. I haven't had. Right, them, but, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, women can t- they can be meaner and shit. See, like two guys, we can have a disagreement, and it's like fuck you, no fuck you, and then it's more or less over done with. Right. Yeah, nine move times on. out of ten, move, we move on. Yeah, women, no, they. Or if we dislike each other, we stay away from you. Like we don't continue to pretend like we're friends with. Like I wouldn't continue being friends. And pretend. I feel like, like it's not necessarily that. It's like women do that. I, but I feel like men can coexist and act like just because you don't like each other, you could still coexist in friend groups or whatever. But then, but you have like this mutual understanding. You don't like each other. Like I'm thinking of a specific person in high school. 
with you. Oh, I don't. But we, you know, we all did sports together and like, so you had to be around that person. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, no, so what I was getting at was okay, so number one, she did tell them where the best stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay, so. Yeah, but I still feel like. She acknowledges it's her fault. I mean, yeah, at least she does that. At least she said, hey, it was my fault, but. Still fucked up. What? I think it's fucked up. She did that. (laughs) On oh, purpose. she absolutely that was on purpose. It was vindictive. Yeah, sure. very well. It could have been, but it was. There's no could have been. But too. why would that you? I don't know. I, maybe just people see me. We got married at the courthouse. Yeah. Yeah, but we didn't really have a choice. Well, yeah, we didn't. They have were going to pull you in yeah. three days and want to make sure I have the insurance. But, but even then, we we I told her that I didn't want a huge wedding to begin with. I was okay with that, and she was fine with that. I'm just. Why would you want to? Have- I see what I I can kind of see where she's at. She's thinking like Beauty and the Beast, like at the end of the movie, everyone in their mm-hmm. best dress, like like a ball. That's every girl's dream to okay. go to a ball. Yeah. Like, well, and I would have, but then I would have respectfully like had and I mean how I mean I guess it would be cool on a certain level to see your mom and grandmother mm-hmm. and all of them in their gowns if they still fit in them, right? Like if there's no tailoring, I right, think it's retarded. There would be. But I would be like, okay, I want my wedding to be kind of ball. Like, I would have like, like made a request them go to like a costume get a form or a formal real... dress, rent yeah. a prom yeah, dress, something like rent that. The yeah. Ru- yeah. Rent the runway is a website where you can literally just rent a formal dress exactly. for the day. Yeah, I still like feel like though, like in her head, she was thinking like, hey, they can save money and they get to wear True. something that means something, right? You True. know, close to them and and wear yeah. it or whatever. But like then, you really only wear that so, one time. Right. I don't think it's her fault. I think she had I good intentions so behind it. Absolutely. So. That girl was she straight up control. I was yeah. say, she can't control. She could have worn her wedding dress. She right. married to her actual husband. Or, or a formal a dress. Straight up, I'm going to hurt you. In based, the, based on just a little bit of stories that she gave of how she was acting after she got turned down. Right, right. Like, it's very obvious to me that she was like, and now I I'm feel really hundred. bad about saying goo. Yeah. <laughs> so were you going to say? Because that's what she called oh, her. Right. You were going to, you were saying, then Joe came in on. Oh, sorry. Oh. I, my my train derailed. I don't have. Oh, that might be a bad subject now. <laughs> my my caboose fell off the back of the oh. train as it kept going. <laughs> we're not in Ohio. Okay. Uh, well, they did have one in South Alabama. Did they oh, really? really? I didn't you know, know that. that? No. Uh, yes. yes. Had, Northfolk Southern had another yep. one. I yes, just South got Alabama. an email from them. About working for them, <laughs> and I'm like, I do not want to. Work. I do not want to work for a train. Well, here's a comment. Um, Op, Kate had to sit in the wedding dress she was supposed to marry your husband in and watch him marry you instead. Someone took an L here, and I don't think it was you. True. That's true. That is true. But at the same time, it says NG. She ha- she's married and had her chance. Like it says NG is Kate's husband had to see Kate wear that wedding dress too, knowing yeah, it I wasn't the up. one he saw her walking down the aisle by not I making a fuss about it. Right. And you don't know. You don't know the whole. Here's the thing. You only hear her side of the story. Mm-hmm. You don't hear the other side of the story. Mm-hmm. So it's very well that Kate's husband now could have been like super pissed so off. So upset. Why didn't you wear the dress we got married? And we in? don't know if he got. And she, he could have saw her in it, mm-hmm. and then been so pissed off he didn't even go to the wedding because he was pissed off that she yeah. was in it. I right. just feel so. Like, I don't say that they he didn't. Yeah, that's see true. her in it. Yeah. So I don't care if look if your mom bought you a dress and she's passed away. So this kind of like you know you could think about it from this. If your mom bought you a wedding dress and you didn't wear it to our wedding because it was for a different wedding, mm-hmm. and then you wore it. 
to the guy's wedding that, that you were supposed, supposed to marry, marry, I'd be like, babe, have you lost your fucking mind? Right. Like you're married to me now. You know that, right? Like yeah. that deserves to be in like a display case because mm -hmm. your mother bought it for you. She's passed away now. You can have it. I want you to have that. It's a good memory from something that your mother purchased for you. But that was for another wedding. Bro, if you want to wear a wedding dress, you're going to wear the dress you wore to my our wedding. Like, okay. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, me as a man, I've been like, no. Very low blow. I'd be like, pump the brakes, babe. Go back in there and put on a different wedding dress because I know you got two. <laughs> right. No, I, I agree. I, if I was him, I would have been like, what are you doing? Absolutely not. You're not wearing that and, dress. And then, like I said, it very Maybe well could have balls. said, well, that. Correct. Very well. He His job been... had him out of town, and he actually wasn't there. Well, for he was the a situation. teacher, but yeah. Well, I, mean, I still think that. Yeah. I get what you're saying. She kind of asked for it, but at the same time, mm -hmm. other girls still stepped over the line. Big time. Yeah. Was there any other comments? There's an update on okay. her page. Go with the update. <laughs> <laughs> it says, hello, guys. Here's the update. So I talked to my husband about it this morning, and when I brought it up, he immediately let out a sigh of relief. He said, I didn't know how to bring it up because you didn't seem bothered. But when I saw her in that dress, I thought it was very weird. She wore that one. He went on to say that he even considered asking her to leave because he thought it was rude because I had no reaction to the dress. He thought I either didn't care or didn't recognize it. But either way, if it if I wasn't bothered, he didn't want to disturb my peace of mind by kicking her out. We discussed and he's going to have a talk with her, not not just about the dress, but about her treatment of me in general and explain that going forward, she will not be a friend in our lives. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. He should have cut it off when she initially made that. Mm -hmm. After this talk, I've decided to let it go and focus on my new marriage. It was a small thing. And now after I've talked it out with my husband, I feel kind of silly. I let it bother me this much. I'm at peace. She will no longer be in our lives. And that's enough for me. Someone said you gave her the chance to wear the dress her dad got, got her and gave her a gift. It was kind of a huh moment for me because no matter what her intentions were, that is true. And I'm glad she got to have that moment. End of the update. The rest is just answering questions and explaining what the wedding looked like. Okay. So no, no I don't really that. think there's really. I don't care about that. Anything else? I don't care but... about that, but. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I think her husband handled it right. Yeah, like he did, exactly. like he went up to her and was like, really? That's what you, you're going to wear that one? What? It's her fault. Like I'd have been she like. She told me to wear the nicest yeah, dress I have. And I this is like... the nicest one. And then he looked, he, he assessed the situation. He's like, okay, she's handling it fine. So I'm going to leave it alone. Keep peace. Mm -hmm. And like, when she talked about it, like hit him sighing and be like, okay, thank God. Okay. I, I thought crazy. I thought it was <laughs> fucked up too, but I didn't want to say anything. Well, if you ask me to go somewhere with you, you <laughs> tell me to dress nice. You're going to see me in jeans, jeans, t-shirt, tennis shoes, and a ball cap. That's all I am. <laughs> yep. You might have a Dixon shirt on. Uh, I might, yeah. Mm -hmm. But. But that's all you own. That's, that's it. No, I, I might be a little fancier. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> no. Good one. Moving on. Here we go. Mm. Nexon. Next one. Next one. Okay. Hold on. I got a list here, so I need to like. Okay. Ready for the next one? Ready. Yes. Okay. Ready I signed. Ready. I signed my ex-boyfriend up for the Church of Scientology. Oh, on no. purpose. <laughs> or like as a joke. You'll have to find out. That's so messed up. Those <laughs> people are creeps. We have a story for this after we read this. Yes. Yeah. Like a le no, like legit like, story. Well, they like, I mean, you gotta look, you got like Tom Cruise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like all Hollywood. Mm -hmm. I think it's part of not it, all of Hollywood, because there's a lot of Hollywood people no, that are no, terrified of No, them. no, I'm just saying oh, it, to me it almost seems like for you to be well, an actor to escape it, so or, story. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be an if you want to be an actor, you got to be a Scientologist. You want to be a rapper, you're a Scientologist. You want to be a country singer, you're a Scientologist. I think when you sign the clause, 
or you sign a contract that's part of the contract that you sign in because you have to become Scientology. Mm -hmm. well, we, we got a story. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Because I've. Joe worked, like lived in in LA for. Yeah. And I, I mean. He was doing like, act, like he was trying to be an actor. Not, not wasn't even trying. Kidding. I was. No, I'm saying like oh, that. Minute, you were trying to make that your career new. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Not you trying to be. Commercials or? Was he was in a TV lot shows. of like. We'll talk about it. We'll yes. talk about it. But Scientology is like basically they, they seek out. Um, basically struggling performers, entertainers, that kind of thing, because Maybe if they can, yeah, if, if they can, if they can get a, if they can get a big namer like Tom Cruise or some of these other ones, then that just helps their cause and brings in more money. Cause it's a cult. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. It's a cult, but anyway, Atlanta. story. Okay. Now our cats are all going to attack us. I saw that it was a funny trend to sign people up for random email lists and spam them. Oh, <laughs> but I decided to take it a step further because he really burnt me in the past. Is this her ex? This is her ex. Oh, that's even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was her current one. No, my ex-boyfriend. Oh, I guess I got to start listening. <laughs> I went to our local Church of Scientology's website and saw where you could input your personal information and receive messages from the church. Since I had most of this information from our time being together, I filled it out under his name. I did this with a few more churches of Scientology as well. Damn. <laughs> not she, just one. She, not just down. one. She did it to multiple ones. I thought that this would only be a minor inconvenience with a few puzzling, harmless emails, but it turned out to be much worse. Yeah. They're fucking psychos. <laughs> so out of curiosity. Oh, wait. Okay, recently I saw that he posted on his Instagram that he was deleting all of his social media due to privacy reasons. At first, I didn't... <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. At first, I didn't think much of it, but after a while, I started to wonder if there was any connection to what I had put in the Church of Scientology's website. Hell yeah, <laughs> So out of curiosity, I later decided to bite the bullet and DM, DM him on instagram in the hopes that he hadn't deactivated his account a few minutes later he responded saying that he needed a break from social media ultimately he told me not to worry about it and that he was going to delete his instagram ten thousand followers later that night i figured i was off the hook a few weeks later smoking yeah oh. worse than the dogs anyway a few weeks later, I was with a mutual friend of ours, and she updated me on his situation. Apparently, him and his family had been contacted by the Church of Scientology. Supposedly, they actually expressed interest. The mutual friend said that she hadn't seen him in a while, and none of his friends had heard from him in over a month. She said it seemed like he was cutting off everybody. Oh, my God. He signed up. Mm -hmm. That's why he was deleting everything. Mm -hmm. Because that's what they do. They live. They literally. It's the. It's the. It's <laughs> Let me a postcard of like how do we like get people in a cult and we cut them off from yes. everyone around them so mm -hmm. no one can tell them hey this is probably not a good idea. That's literally what they do. Like they mm -hmm. have the playbook for ostracizing everyone around you. Mm -hmm. To oh my god. Anyway. Oh my god. This lady. <laughs> She should feel real bad. She just got him into an evil cult. But he chose to go into it, though. Yeah, but it was because of her. <laughs> anyway, 
I just received word that he's dropping out of school after the semester ends and his family is moving to live with the other church members. I know I technically signed him up for this, but I had no idea it would get this bad. He honestly deserved it after everything he did. I can't exactly state what he did in caution that this post would get removed. Just know it was pretty fucked up and me and a friend of mine had to see a therapist. Okay, so he's legitimate. She's trying to justify what she did. Uh huh. He may have done some fucked up shit, okay? <laughs> but what I know about Scientology, like it is a straight up evil <laughs> entity and like, oh my God. Like it makes me feel, honestly, I feel bad for him. So, oh my God. Okay. So, <laughs> do we want to do some comments first before we tell our story? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I'm just like, I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> That's a big word. It says, <laughs> ultimately though, it was his, his and his family's choice to join the cult and move in with them. I've had uh, Jehovah Jehovah's Witnesses come knocking at my door trying to convert me and have been contacted by Jewish groups via email, but you don't see me running to join any of them. And this one says they got brainwashed because of a girl who couldn't handle a breakup. At least that's what I expect after getting no information of his side of the, of the story. Whatever. So, yeah, it, it's, that's jacked up. But we went to a church, and I won't say the name of it until after the podcast. But anyways, I'm not sure. I'm almost positive somebody that none of them listened to this because. So anyways, we were going to a church. And when you went in the church, you just felt welcomed. Everybody was like, oh, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Was this here? This is not here in Huntsville, but okay. this is, was in North Alabama. Okay. Um, so we started going and we started becoming friends with different people. And then they did this class and I started doing this class. Then she started doing this cl- one of these classes and, then we later found out they were opening up another campus in another city. And so when they opened up this new campus, they had had a couple, husband and wife, that they wanted them to lead, be the lead pastors of this mm-hmm. off campus from the main campus. Mm-hmm. Well, we later found out they accepted it. And then not even, what, two months, if that, they decided they went to the church, says, no, we don't want to do it no more. And they turned around and abruptly left the church. And we're like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. Well, we ended up started kind of hearing stuff and seeing stuff the way. So long story short, the church, how do I want to put like the, the, the higher ups in the church, the if you will, the leadership. Thank you. Um, they, we found out that they were telling this couple that stepped down and ended up leaving the church. They're like, oh, well, you can't talk to Ron and Holly because they only, you know, they live paycheck paycheck. But, oh, you see this guy over here? He's a doctor. He's a lawyer. You see this woman? She's a vet or whatever. Not saying that's mm-hmm. what they, their professions were, but talk to them because we could pull more money from mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And then we later found out that they, they were doing these classes that um that so you could do these classes so you could become like part of the upper essence mm-hmm. of the church and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they were doing this it was more or less being run like a boot camp mm-hmm. and 
the guy that was the, the, the guy that was running it was a former military personnel. Um, he was kind of like a uh, like either you know kind of like your special forces type guy. Mm-hmm. He was like like a PJ or Green Beret or special forces or a SEAL or something like that. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to give too much detail because mm-hmm. I don't want to get out and them come down and hunt me and kill me. But anyways, um, <laughs> so they were running this this class and they would tell these people when they went performing like they should they, they should have been. They would call them pieces of shit. Literally, those words. You're a piece of shit. This is a church. This program? was a church. Yes, you're a piece of shit. You're not worthy. You'll never make it to God's kingdom and stuff like that. I'm like, holy shit. So, I kind of get where this was going because mm-hmm. I told her ultimately, and we both look at it now. It was running. It was a cult. Mm-hmm. They were and, just wanting the money. And, well, yeah, and then so how do you? How, I've always went to churches where the congregation, if you will. Yeah, the the pastor got a a, a salary, if you mm-hmm. will. Yeah, say fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's what he lived on, and if he had to get a second job, then so be it. Mm-hmm. Right. But how do you how do are you a pastor or a um di- not director? One of right? leader. Well, you're yeah. yeah, you're like one of the leaders in the church and. So you have maybe like 20 people that are the, the leaders of the mm-hmm. church and then everybody else is below them. But how do you become a pastor and you're going on vacations, if you will, mm-hmm. to like Africa or Israel, like every month? Yeah. Yeah. On, I mean, now I understand that, that some pastors go to Israel or they like missionary yeah, work. Missionary yeah. work. Yeah. I get that. And it's paid for. But not every time. month? But no. They were. Wow. Yeah. And and, not, and being the lead pastor, yeah, that would be And not only that, but um they were like like some of the higher ups were like they lived like in a say three hundred thousand dollar home. Mm-hmm. They turned around, sold it, and they turned around and went like six months later, if that, and bought like a and I know the guy that owned this house mm-hmm. personally. Um I used to work with him. Um because he worked for a, a, a large Fire department in North Alabama. But anyways, um, him and his wife built this house, and they sort of sold it for one point five million. And then this couple from this church this bought house. this house, mm-hmm. and then they went and they got like a brand new Harley Davidson, paid cash for it. From what I have understood, so absolutely it's doing it on the money from the church. Yeah, and and then he went and bought like a a regular Jeep. And one had like 37-inch tires put on it, like a six-inch lift and all LEDs all the way around. I'm like, how do people not see in the church community or the mm-hmm. church itself not seeing, okay, how are you affording all of this stuff? You know, they call them, oh, we're going on sabbaticals. You're going on sabbaticals every two or three months? Yeah. Or every month or whatever? Mm-hmm. I just, I just don't see how... Well, they don't see that. To yeah, me, that's a cult. In my yeah, well, and I mean, and as a person in the congregation, I'm going to be thinking to myself, okay, I understand, I understand outreach and other places and going on these trips and stuff. That's good. Generally speaking, though, if you do like a mission trip or something, it's offered to everyone. In, yeah, it's offered to almost everyone in the congregation. Oh, well, well, it was offered to people, but you had to pay for yourself. Right. Like, for instance, I was like, okay, I thought I wanted to go to, they, they were having like a big trip to Israel. 
And they're like, oh, no, I'm sorry, what Israel? I'm sorry. No, it was a missionary trip to Mexico. Almost since I had a medical backfield or medical background, I should say, they were like, hey, why don't you go with us? Because we could, we got nurses going, we got doctor going, we could always use your expertise, your help with you being a military medic and you doing your, you know, you have your EMT license, go with us. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, I tried to, I was, I went out and like, I was trying to raise money and I, nobody would, you know, nobody was, everybody's like, oh, no, we're not going to give you money, which I, hindsight 2020, because I look back now, because it was kind of a blessing in disguise, because it wasn't too long after that, I got really, really, really sick and would have been in Mexico at the time. I got mm-hmm. really, really sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I'm not by any means disgruntled about that. I look at right. it as a blessing in disguise yeah. because, you know, but, you know, if you're going to go on mission trips, fine, so be it. But how do you go every month? Yeah. yeah. And usually, usually there's a mission trip. Like, like once a year, like it's a big deal. They yeah. do it once a year. Now, some of these really big churches, they'll do mission trips like once a quarter. Mm-hmm. And, but usually it's not the same people going. It's different groups within the church. Usually nine times and out of ten. the church this- fundraises yeah. for everyone to go. Usually. Yeah. Like you, this, you can ask her, this was like. A lot of times it was the same people were going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if and they really never really announced it per se. It just, you know, it's kind of a trickle through. Yeah. So it, it I just I'm not bitter by any means. I'm right. glad I'm out of there. But it definitely seemed like a cult. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So the church of church of Scientology. So my first experience with the Church of Scientology, I went to California. I was out there doing my acting thing and having a blast like well kind of sort of i liked what i was doing it's a struggling actor yes. like trying to pay rent all right. and all that stuff. um but basically um at one point my mom was like hey look you know a friend of mine was talking to me about this this is when i was like 18 um my mom was like look a friend of mine was talking to me about this if you ever hear anything about you know the church of scientology it's not a church it's a cult and, you know, she went in and told me, like, the friend that was talking to her about it actually had some experience with it, some family members or whatever, and, like, legitimately, like, was like, look, this is not a, this is not a happy place. This is not somewhere that you want to be or be involved with or whatever. Well, what the Church of Scientology does, they literally have people go and set up down on Hollywood Boulevard with, like, a little table and, like, brochures and stuff. And as people are walking by, like, Girl Scouts, like, literally, like, Oh, you know, it's like acting classes. And yeah, like we're that. offering like, free acting classes, and we're um, like um, like seminars. Seminars, like yes, exactly. To completely oblivious, like people, they brand know new, nothing about yeah, Scientology. people that are brand new, like just checking out Hollywood Boulevard. You know what I mean? Whatever. Like, the, I mean, that's literally what they do. Oh, we're having a seminar for actors. Whatever. It's free, totally free. It's at our it's at our location or whatever. And we're like, okay, cool. Did well, really say the name or anything? so I wasn't with them. Yeah, that's right. I, so my mom tells me about this literally the day before, I'm, and I'm talking like, what? Look, I'm not the best Christian, but I am a Christian, and I believe in God, and I have a relationship, and that's where I sit. That's where we sit with things, and and like I said, I'm not perfect. No one knows, no. but you know, I feel like that was definitely God. Um, looking out for us or looking out for me when we were out there because me and my buddy that my roommate Ryan we were I don't know if we had we it's might have Ryan Reynolds is it <laughs> <laughs> I wish. 
he made cool. it and you didn't. That yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> no, his name is Ryan Eric, but he's a super cool guy. Um, he's back in Indiana now, but anyway, so I don't know if we had a background. Uh, I had some sort of job. We had something. Day. So when we came home, um, we were like, because I lived with like nine people. In, in my little house, well, trying to all afford yeah. to live in LA. Well, nine people were still wow. paying like fifteen. Yeah. Well, I think my my portion of the rent was like twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, and, he, and him and him and Ryan had like a sunroom as a room. Yeah, I got like, pneumonia. Not even this. kidding. I'm real bad. I almost died. Oh, anyway, geez. it does get cold in LA. Anyway, yeah. so, on, so I mean, it's not like a screened-in one. It actually had windows, but it was but, a single pane. You know, like, like yeah. it has no insulation, basically. Yeah. So Ryan and I, we come home and are like, oh guys, we're going to the seminar. Tomorrow we got a free seminar or whatever. So we signed us up so we can all go. We've been in California at this point for maybe less than a month, month if that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, like whatever, you know. And um, so the they were like, yeah, they gave us some brochures or whatever, and they handed me the brochure, and it said Church of Scientology, and I was like, oh, I was like, no, nope, red alert. Well, you like, didn't, you didn't see it beforehand. You didn't know until you got there. That's that's right. Yeah, my brain, no yeah. my brain is terrible. No, it's not. It's it been is. forever. I know, but I also my memory is just so bad. But listen, you're right because I wanted. To, that's right because I wanted to leave right away. I didn't even want to go in, and I told them. No, I don't think you even saw it until you got in there and realized where what it was because they started trying to like split them up. Like they came in as a group and they're like, oh, well, you can go here and you go here and you go with this group. So they like split them up and made them to go different areas in the in the church. Not right at first. Right at first, they they put us in this. I'm telling you, the way my brain right now, I could be remembering it incorrectly. I don't know. But the way I remember it is. I realized it once we got there because it says it in the huge. It says it oh, on the on church. The yeah. Yes, it's it's big letters on the freaking oh, church. For sure, yeah, it says Church of Science. But yeah. you were there with everyone. Yeah, so it was everybody like was there. They were like, "Well, dude, we already signed up for it. Like, That's right. we're right here or whatever." And I was like, "Dude, I'm telling you right now. Like, my mom told me about this place. This is a cult. Like, this is 100% a cult right now." And um, and they were like, "Dude, come on. Like, what are they gonna do? Kidnap us?" And I was like, "I don't <laughs> no, know. No. Yeah. I'm an 18-year-old <laughs> kid. You know what I mean? From a small town. I'm like, I have no idea what they're gonna do, but." I know that my mom told me that this this is not a good place. <laughs> Excuse me. So we go in. They take us into this. It's literally just a like a large office is what it is, big enough to put like you know a row of like four chairs, three D kind of thing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. there's maybe one other person in there that wasn't with my group. You know what I mean? Like it was basically just our my house. You know what I mean? And um. Of course, the things that they're talking about is just positive thinking, positive mind thing. It wasn't even an acting class. It was just like they said it's almost like a motivational. Yeah, it was like a motivational thing about, oh, you know, look, the whole goal about blah, blah, blah is to stay positive and, you know, whatever. Just like your stereotypical, like being positive thoughts equal positive results, all that kind of stuff, you know. And it was like two hours long. And like after about the first 45 minutes, I was like, is there a restroom? Because, like, I was uncomfortable the entire time. From the moment I got there, I was uncomfortable. And I was like, I was like, I, anyway, so I'm sitting there. I was like, I got up. They were like, oh, yeah, it's right there. Well, it's a, it's like a mansion. Uh, you know what I mean? So the first story you go upstairs to when you walk up their giant stairs. Go in the bathroom. 
And I was like, okay, can I get out this window? <laughs> like, because I'm telling you, I was so creeped out about everything. Everybody's wearing like suits. You know what I mean? They all got like on these blue suits or whatever. And I got a funny story for that later. Remind me. But, you know, no one talks. It's just super weird as they're walking you in. It was just eerie and creepy. And then on top of the fact that my mother had already told me, like, no, this is not and so I'm like, can I jump out? I was like, I can get down. I was like, God dang, that's pretty freaking high. I was like, I can't get out of there. And then I, and my brain was like, what about Ryan? Like Ryan rode here with me as your roommate. I can't leave Ryan back in here by himself. Right. So I was like, okay, uh, screw it. I'll go back in there. Go back in there, sit through the rest of this seminar or whatever. And then at the end of the seminar, it's talking about like becoming members. And they started like taking you on a tour, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. But they talk about, you know, you can donate to the to our cause and do this and that. You don't have to donate it if you don't want to, but you know, blah, 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 blah. So then they were like, all right, we're going to take you on the tour of our campus now. And we're basically walking down this hallway, and the hallway that goes this way goes back to the front lobby, and the hallway that they're going down goes deeper into this freaking huge mansion or whatever. And um, Ryan, and they'd say, I don't remember exactly what they, they said, some creepy stuff here and there that was just like, what? But the most part, it was about like motivational and all that crap. Um, and then, so I literally, I got at the back of the line as they're leading the guy, the tour guide is in the front, they're leading. I literally just grabbed Ryan and pulled him with me and we went down the hallway and went out of the building. Mm -hmm. Like we left. I'll get, I'll come back to inside the building. But as we left, like we got outside the building, we were walking back to my little explorer that I had or whatever. And on the corner of the street, because uh, it basically takes up a block. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's huge. It's a huge yeah. building. And on the city block, there was like literally, uh, it was like a demon, like a picture of like a, somebody stenciled a picture of a demon on the corner of the street. And I was like, oh, that's kind of creepy. Well, we go like we had to walk. So we went from one corner, walked down to the other one. And there was another one on the next corner, a demon on that corner, like just painted on the sidewalk. And I was like, that's creepy. And I was like, let's just go to the other one just to check. And it was on the other. I was like, I guarantee you it's all four corners. Whether they put it on there or someone else put it on there, like this is like a bad place, whatever. So um, we leave. We're like, we're outy, gone. We jump in my truck. We go back to the house. Those guys, the rest of my roommates, they're all in there. They all rode together. They're all in there or whatever. And the one kid, you know, he was just kind of like goofing off or whatever. He was like, this is kind of weird. And he's like, they walking through and they had like, these TV screens where people were just like, it was just multiple TV screens with the same thing on it. It was someone saying basically a monologue, really, really monotone, like their values or whatever, just saying it over and over in their little suits or whatever. They didn't have Tom Cruise speaking. Right. Well, not or John DeVolture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those are like the two. Yeah. And then Megan's. Mm -hmm. Was that little Catherine Bell? No, no, she's not in there. Catherine Bell, yes. Catherine Heigl. No, Catherine Bell. There was a lady. Uh, so that played an army wife. King, the King of Queens. She's a Scientologist. Yep. Oh, the King, the King of Queens wife. She was escaping them. Yeah, she has a documentary. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, she, she, yeah, we watched her. That's why I know what the building looks like. Yeah, she shows, um, shows it. yeah. They like they like try to intimidate her. Real, really. Yeah, chase her. Like they follow her around everywhere and all that stuff. Trying to kill her. Yeah. And she's giving their secrets. Exactly. <laughs> well, the one guy, he was just making a joke, and he was like, man, everybody's got blue suits on. He's like, men in black kind of ruined that for you guys. Like, just making a joke. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were like, no, this is just what we wear. And like, just like you could tell it just pissed him off yeah. that he even said that. 
So they go on the rest of the tour. I can't even remember. They said there were so many just weird things, like the groups of people, like how they were meeting and talking and whatever. So they leave. Worst part about it, one of the guys that went down there with us, it was a 45-year-old. I was 18. This guy's 45-year-old, 45-year-old gay man. Like, very impressionable. You know, it's this is back in 2004, 2005. He was a very gullible person. Yes. Like, you could just, you just got that vibe when you, like, yeah, he's from small, he's very... small town in freaking Indiana, you know what I mean? But he also cashed out his retirement to go to California and pursue his dream mm-hmm. as a as an actor. Mm-hmm. Well, they sucked him in. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yeah, they... No, who's that one? Who's that uh, one? Jason... Uh, he's he's he, Mayhe, is how you say it. Mayhe, uh, he plays on Chicago PD as a, uh, uh, Sergeant Hoyt. Mm-hmm. He's one of all the stars. stars. Yeah. He's one of all the stars who are in Lisa Marie Presley was one. Michael Pena. Him. But yeah. Hoyt, Juliet Lewis. Well, Dan, Dan ended up giving them a shitload of money. He got sucked in. And mm-hmm. he probably would still, like, Honestly, I think he probably still would be there, but he ran out of money, so they basically told him fuck off. I mean, in the manner of speaking, because so okay, so to give you an idea, what so Dan, super nice guy, but he is the definition of typecast, meaning he's specific. It's very specific roles Uh because he looks a certain way. He's a super super tall guy, kind of got like that, kind of like the king of the hill look. Big, huge noggin on him. You know what I mean? He had a big knot, like a huge, like, knot on the side of his, on the, like, the forehead. It's like a glitter. Yeah, it was this like, huge, huge like, knot on his head. horn going out. Yeah. yeah, it looked like, I mean, so he was very typecast. If that, so he could do, he did a lot of four, uh, horn, horror uh, movie type stuff or, like, the bad guy yeah. type stuff and the stuff yeah. he did because he was very typecast. He, he looked a certain way. He can't really play the good guy in a lot of the stuff that he was doing. You know what I mean? But um, anyway, like he basically he ran out of he ran out of money, you know, because they just they're like, oh, you can get to the next level with this. So you can get to the next level of Scientology with this. So he basically ended up giving him, I think it was like something over thirty five thousand dollars of money from his uh, his 401k that he he basically just retired with. And um, it just like once he ran out of money, though, they were basically told him he wasn't welcome. He's not worthy, whatever they have, or they said it, but they basically told him. And it wasn't until then that he realized he was like, "Yeah, that that sucks. I got I got done wrong or whatever." But when we were trying, we tried to talk to him about it, and he's like, "He's like, I don't see what the problem is." He's like, "It's my money. If I want to give it, I can give it to whoever I want." I'm like, "Yeah, man, you can." Of course, I'm an 18 year old kid. I'm like, "Yeah, Dan, you can, but why would you give them money? Like, what are they, what are they doing in, for you? Yeah, what are they doing in return for you?" And he's like. Well, it just puts you at different levels where you can have access to more of the of the training and, and classes that they offer. And I'm like, okay, what classes though? Where are you? What classes are you going? Or like, to? what are you benefiting from this? Like, the, there's were like, you out there with them? No. Oh. But anyway, he. I was still in high school. Yeah, she was still in high school then. But we were together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Super bad place. They hear our podcast somehow and try to come after us. I got guns and stuff, so I'm just saying. But, um, so, now, so you went out. See, this that's something I learned. I guess we learned new that you actually went out and tried to pursue mm-hmm. an acting job. She chases yeah. the ice that gets dumped. So yeah, so I, I 
after I graduated, I started going to acting school and I was working. Uh, my mom got me a job at 3M and I was working, just saving my money and getting ready to go to California. I was like, I literally told my acting coach, I'm like, um, look, I'm doing these acting classes and I want to learn as much as I can because I'm going to California uh, when I when work like at the end of the summer. And he was like, oh, wow, okay, yeah, you know, whatever. Well, it turned out that ended up inspiring half, of, half of the acting class. And so it ended up being like nine of us they driving out to California and getting in a getting a house together out there. Mm-hmm. Um, literally on day one, one of the girls, she went home on day one. Like she didn't even, like she made it to the drive out there and she was like, yeah. Which one was that? What the hell was her name? Dark haired girl. That's why she asked name. I don't remember her name. I can't. But Whitney decided not to go at all. Like she was going. To yeah, Whitney she was. Didn't go. Yeah, Whitney, Whitney was, was going to go. His, Whitney was a girl we went to school with in yeah. spring, and she was supposed to go also. And it was like the week that they were about to leave, and she decided not to go. Yeah. Um, and then I can't remember what it was like Hannah or something like that. I don't remember what her name was, but literally, like we got out there, and she was like, "Yeah, this is not for me." Flew home, and then she had her dad come get her car later. Probably because of how crappy your guys's. Place well, that's true. I mean, it was so like, like a bunch house. of guys and one girl. Yeah. So sounds like a poor movie. So <laughs> our house was literally just a two-story house that they made the downstairs an apartment and the upstairs apartment. And there was some Hispanics because we lived in a Hispanic community. So we lived in Highland Park, which is a suburb of Los Angeles, and it was 100% Hispanic. Like you get the grocery store all. Hispanic, like every bit of the groceries were in Spanish, huh. like everything, yeah. like. But it was a it and was cheaper a cheaper neighborhood to live, to live in. So we were like, and you were paying twelve hundred dollars times nine. Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, I was like, works for That's us. Like a ten grand house. It was yeah, lot. it's ridiculous, dude. And then not to mention that. So those people, we were renting that. It was like three bedroom for four bedrooms. Four bedrooms. One, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. So counting the sunroom, there's four bedrooms. So. Guy and his stepson stayed in one room. Dan had his own room. Um, whatever her name left, and then uh, what the hell? PJ and the Dalton—that was his mm-hmm. name—had a room, and then me and Ryan had a room together. So, um, anyway, uh, we let Dan have his own room because of his persuasion. And anyway, he was kind of a gross guy. Anyway, he's kind of guy he like was not very. Clean. Yeah, it was kind of gross. Like, I'd come in on his room. I will say this. He was like a movie theater. He had every movie you could ever think of. Like, his whole room was stacked, the yeah. whole wall, with DVDs. Okay. So, wow. DVDs of movies, TV shows, everything. So we definitely go to, a unique guy. Yeah. We'd go to his room and be like, hey, can I rent a movie? You know, whatever. You know? And we'd go in there and get a movie or whatever. But he'd be in there. He'd be like, yeah, sure. And he's eating. Literally, he's got one of those, like, gallon jars of dill pickles. Like, eating dill pickles on his bed. And dripping pickle juice all over his bed sheets and stuff, and I'm like, Dan, you're you're getting pick, you're getting pickle juice on your on your bed, man. And he's like, Oh, I know, it's okay, I like it. And I'm like, All right, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I like it. Which I don't think he liked it, but he was also that kind of guy that he's like, I won't let anyone embarrass me. I'm just gonna whatever. But I wasn't trying to embarrass. Him. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Hispanic family lived above us. And then behind us was a guest house, same address. It was C. It was so they had like three a, different families. And or C, like Hispanic family that lived behind us. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was it was cram packed. Dude, the upstairs people, they had a dog. 
we fed it all the time because they never fed it, but they kept it chained up on the front. Like, cause, so their, their front porch or their deck was basically our porch cover, but it wasn't really a porch cover. It was just decking. You could see through the cracks. And like the cracks were like that big when their dog would just fill up the poop on the deck, like that their deck up there, they would just spray it down with a hose, spray it down onto our porch. And we're uh, like, we'd go up there and be like, look, it's really gross. Can you guys not spray the water and water down poop and make it basically make it the runs on our front porch? Cause it smells really, really bad. And it's like dripping afterwards. It's really disgusting. Mm-hmm. And of course they'd be like, Oh no, 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 it's okay. And I'm like, no, no English. <laughs> anyway. So, no, you spread it I, I actually I saved my back neighbor's life. He tried to hang himself in, in the backyard in a tree, and because I, the people were spraying poop <laughs> down on their front lawn. No, they well they're in the back. Like they have their own house to themselves. Um, really, the only problem we had with them is during Christmas time they played. They had a little Christmas. <laughs> well, no, they had like a, one of those little things that played music nonstop, and it was right beside our damn sunroom, <laughs> sunroom. so we couldn't sleep because it's playing the stupid Christmas music really loud. Anyway, but yeah, one day, like, we got in some arguments with them about that. I'm like, can you guys just turn it off at nighttime so I can sleep? Like, I get it. You want to have it. But at nighttime, can we just turn it off? Because no one's hearing it but us. You're not. You're asleep in your house. <laughs> and we got in some arguments about that or whatever. So we were really on, like, speaking terms. And then one day, the two little Mexican kids come running to my door, beating on our door or whatever. We opened the door, and we were like, what? And they were like, please come out. Please come out. And like, they're yelling, like, please help. And I'm like, is this a bitch trying to get us? <laughs> they're trying to catch us on something like coming back in their property. I was like, and then you could just see like the sheer terror in the uh, in the kids' faces. That's like, no, this is real. Something's wrong. So me and Ryan, we run out of the house, and as soon as we get around to the back corner around the side of the house, we see his wife literally hold, trying to hold him up, like hundred percent, like the what is it? The it was uh, a belt, wasn't it? No, like it was a- it was one of those shitty ropes that you use what the hell fiberglass like that fiberglass braided fiberglass oh, yeah rope. yeah like marine grade rope yeah yeah that's what it was like a dog nylon. leash yeah nylon dog leash type braided stuff yeah. um had it tied to the tree and he was freaking hanging the shit out of himself and his wife was like holding his legs up like trying to keep him from strangling and i was like oh shit and i was like ryan i was like go get a knife and i just clumb the tree and like clumb up the side and this is a big like oak tree type thing, but it was at least where I could, I climbed up high enough where I could get on the branch that was kind of overhanging and basically just scooted out on the branch because I couldn't reach where he was hanging from. I was obviously, that's like eight feet up there where his neck was. So I was like, the only place I can get to is up there. So I climbed up there and Ryan come running back out there and literally threw the knife up to me. I catch it and I cut the rope down, but he was just barely staying alive because of his wife. His wife was like holding him up or whatever, but and then, of course, the ambulance came and, like, you know, took him to the hospital or whatever. But they were like, thank you so much, Angel. And I was like, I have no problem with freaking out right now, though. Because I'm an 18-year-old kid. Like, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, scared me to death. But anyway, um, yeah, I was, I did. So, lots of extra work. Yeah, lots there. and lots of extra work. Did some featured extra stuff where it's, you're with the main characters. Mm-hmm. But you don't have speaking lines, like you're part of the main entourage. Jarhead was one of the biggest ones. Mm-hmm. Jarhead. You did Jarhead? Mm-hmm. Yeah, He's probably. in the opening scene. Yep. When I'm no. Dead yeah, wait till, wait, wait, well, I'll, I'll show you the video. I'll, I'll show, yeah, at the end of the podcast, which we're, we're probably going to because I hated it. Movie. Movie. We just want to Yeah, I wouldn't have watched it. I, I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't in it because it was so fucking depressing. 
Like it was so depressing, but it was a true story too. Yeah. But um, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal was so fun. Like he was hilarious the whole time. Anytime we worked with him, my roommate, dude. So my room, I made friends with the casting director. She lived in the same area as us. So I went to the casting call. You do your little audition or whatever. And then, cause we were auditioning for basically to be in the, the platoon of his basic training or whatever. And like, um, so is your names in the credits? No, I'm just a, I'm, a, I'm in just the credits in the longest yard though. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. No shit. You're, I don't say it. I'm not famous. He's not. <laughs> no, I'm just, that's. The okay. one with Burt Reynolds, yeah, and, yeah. yeah, the new one, Adam Sandler, Sandler Goldberg. Yeah. I love Adam Sandler. Yeah, we, they're in the they what? Okay, they're wait. in the deleted scenes in the Longest Yard. They were supposed to be yeah. in the actual movie because what they decided to do was him and his roommates wrote guards across their chests in paint for the yeah. game. This was the day we got to to, to Los Angeles. Yeah, the so they, day we got there, they were like, "Hey, we can get you on the Longest Yard." I'm like, "Deal, let's do this." So we go and it's huge. We call it a cattle call because there's so many people. Yeah. And we were like, whatever, we're here. This is freaking cool. We're doing it. You know what I mean? And like, when you have that many people, like in between scenes and stuff, they have entertainment, like, yeah. like a comedian yeah. or like an MC that talks to everybody, yeah. keeps people from like getting irritated. It's often yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're all sitting around or whatever. And we were like, you know what? Um, before we went, actually, before we went, we said, hey, we should get paint and paint letters on our chest or whatever for the guards or whatever because to try to get them to pick us yeah like, put us in the background of the scene or whatever like you know something to be noticed so we went and got just cheap paint at walmart or whatever we went there and i was the you nipple belly button nipple and like no shirt no shirt man oh, okay yeah um so we so we were there or whatever and like at one point the i don't know if he was like the just the set designer i don't know i'm not sure who he was he was a group of some sort that worked for them and he was like hey the director loves it we don't know why we didn't think of it but we're the for the next scene this is where the guards are starting to lose uh like the the fans are starting to lose faith in the guard because the guards are being so dirty so this is going to be one of those things where you guys are gonna we're not really saying anything but we're just mouthing it and pantomiming and but this is where you guys are starting to like boo the guards just a little bit because yeah. you're like ah it's not cool or whatever you guys are going to be in the background while they're in the huddle. And we're like, okay, this is freaking awesome. Day one in California. This is amazing. You know what I mean? So we thought it would be. Like you're going to be in that scene and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then they cut the scene. It's, it's in the deleted, screen. It's in the deleted scene. No, the deleted scenes is when I'm the, oh, that's the right. warden that's comes right. up into the bleachers, into the stands, essentially. And it's when he's talking with like the Colonel Mustard looking or the yeah. Colonel Sanders looking dude about uh -huh. the football game. And we're I'm I'm over there, and I was like, mm. and of course the fans are supposed to be cheering, and that's just happening. So I took off my cowboy hat, I had my cowboy hat, and I was like, just kind of waved it like that, and I wait, I was like, if the camera could see me, and then the lead scenes you could see me over there going. <laughs> <laughs> what other movies? Um, so Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears with Bill Thornton. Um, Bewitched. Bewitched. The yeah. one with Will Nicole Ferrell. Kidman. Nicole Kidman was terrible, but yeah, Bewitched. Um, uh, losing Desperate Housewives, Gilmore Lots Girls. of Desperate Housewives like that. I did a lot of background extra stuff for that because they needed lots of people all the time. They'd be in the mall or whatever, and then so we'd walk around in the background kind of thing. And then Navy, uh, NCIS, Mark Harmon, probably the coolest guy I ever I met. I love him. And he is legit 
the coolest guy. So, okay, so when I'm just dumbfounded. When it's, <laughs> so when it's raining, Starstruck. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah. I mean, so well, like you don't know, like cameras can't pick up rain unless it's huge raindrops. Yeah. So generally speaking, if it's like pouring down, pouring down, they cut, they they cut scene and they'll just wait for the rain to stop. If they want rain, then they will yeah. use yeah because it's got to be. If you ever notice. If you notice rain in a movie, you're like, is it raining? Or you know what I mean? Unless they mean for you to know yeah. right, it's coming down. Yeah. Because the camera can't pick up, and it maybe it can now. But when I was there, that's what they told me is like camera can't pick up like light rain and that type of thing. Yeah. So it was raining pretty hard. And so they had all of the background people. We were just chilling out at craft services. Craft services, just the food, the food. people. And that's where I got a lot of my groceries because we were broke. And they had pop tarts and you know nice. muffins and they made the like they had these little dudes that would make the best burritos. You'd go up there, and they'd make food for it. I mean, it's basically like a smorgasbord of all yeah. kinds of food. I'd stuff my bag full of groceries before I'd leave. But anyway, um, so we're I'm just sitting at a craft service table, like it's like a lunch table type thing. And I'm sitting by myself. It's a late night set because it's a night shoot. Because he didn't do everything with his friends. Yeah, like, they would go do different things. So you pay an whatever agency. Whatever they were available. You pay an agency that, that would basically call you and tell you, hey, we need background extras for NCIS. or we need background extras at Sony or at Universal or at whatever. And like, if once you book a day, basically, you're like, okay, this is where I'll be for the day. And sometimes it was, different places. Yeah, it was different places. So I was there by myself and I'm just sitting at the table and I might have been drinking something. I don't even remember. But literally, Mark Harmon walks up and just sits down at the table across from me just me and you like this close. And I was like, holy shit, this guy's sitting across from me. And I'm, and he's like, Hey, how are you? Did we sit there and talk for 45 minutes sitting at this table? Like he told me how, you know, his story about, you know, ah, I started and this and that, blah, yeah. blah. And like, eventually by the end of the conversation, he was like, do you have a mentor since you've been out here? And I was like, no, I have no mentor. And he was like, well, we need to get you a mentor. And so the guy named Madison Mason He's you can Google him, but he's he's in so many military movies because he looks he's typecast yeah. as that military general. He's in so many different movies. A lot of times featured extra, but he's got speaking lines and a lot of them too. Does a ton of commercials. He's done a ton of movies now too. But um, he was there as a as a featured guest um, in the show, and he was like, "Hey, Madison, come here," and he'd come walking over there and he'd be like, "Hey," he's like, "Are you mentoring anyone right now?" And he was like, "No, not right now." He's like. Would you be interested in mentoring Joe? And he's like, yeah, I'll give you my email. I'll mentor you. And I was like, wow, this is freaking awesome. And I did, I did correspond with him while I was there. But once I came back home, I didn't, I didn't email him anymore. But you know, it amazes me that I've met a couple of actors, um, or I should say, a couple, well, like Vincent Vargas, mm -hmm. yeah, the Mayans, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, he sat there and he super, super cool guy. That's, yeah, the, that's probably a, that's a good equivalent of how Mark Harmon was. Just yeah, super down to earth, super cool dude. Like. Told me how, you know, what do you do? You know, just awesome. Like I was just, and that was the first time there that I had, I mean, we, we talked with them and we'd see him on Hollywood Boulevard and stuff. And we'd say, Hey, to him and that kind of thing, but never really a lot of interaction outside well, Jake of Gyllenhaal. You got him to call Whitney. Yeah, that's true. So, because <laughs> so Whitney, the girl that didn't end up going yeah. uh, to California with us, you know, he's playing in the new Roadhouse movie, right? Yeah. yeah, he's playing mm -hmm. the Tom Cruise actor. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I saw I saw a couple, or uh, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Swayze. Right, Sorry. right. 
Um, I've saw I've seen some videos, and it's MMA based. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, we were so okay. I so I met my um, the casting director at when we went to the casting thing. So I'm at the bank trying to cash my check, and I see this lady. Literally, she's standing in front of me, like in line, and the lines out there especially in that area, are just freaking snakes. You know what I mean? Serpentines yeah. all the way back. You're waiting to just cash your check. Um, so I'm standing there, and I'm like, this is the freaking casting director with the freaking longest yard. I've got to have a conversation with this lady while we're standing here. i got to find a way to talk to her about it. I don't even remember what we talked about. I'm pretty sure I lied about some things. Like, <laughs> because she, I was like trying to find... Some common, some common that you similarity, can... some common that we could be like she would remember me by or something. You know what I mean? So I don't even remember what we talked about, but I remember making some shit up. I know for sure. But well, so I mean, we ninety percent of the people it's like networking. That's yeah. Yeah. what you do. <laughs> Literally, the wait at the bank was so long that like they had parking meters at every parking spot in their parking lot because it's limited parking, and like people's vehicles getting towed because it sit there. Oh, for, well. yeah, it was ridiculous. So for like 45 minutes, we're standing in this line, and I'm just chit-chatting with her. And I'm playing dumb at first, and eventually I get to the thing, and I'm like, wait a second. Are you the casting director for Jarhead? And she was like, yeah, actually. And I was like, I thought I recognized you. I, I was like, I just came for an audition like two days ago, blah, blah, blah. She's like, oh, yeah. So made that connection with her. And we'd already uh, – You had done the longest yard in the world. Yeah, we had already done like the basic training portions of the longest yard where we jarhead. Or yeah, sorry. The the basic training portions of Jarhead. So and you I, went in the military at this point. You no, know, you, you, I hadn't okay. joined yet. No. Um so I really knew who she was because she obviously she's on set all the time. And like so then I was like they were like, oh we may give you guys a call when we go out on location for some desert scenes, blah blah blah. Man, that would be so freaking cool. I want to do that. Well um ended up talking with her and then literally 30 minutes after I left the bank, she calls me because we traded information. Yeah. She calls me and I was like, hey, what's going on? And she was like, hey, she's like, so I'd really like for you and uh, your roommate, Ryan, because of course I bring him and I'm yeah. trying to hook him up too because, you know, me and him were pretty close. And um, he's like, I'd really like for you and Ryan to come out on location with us. It's an old decommissioned mil- marine base. It's in the freaking mountain deserts. Mm-hmm. They're using it for like Saudi Arabia or whatever. Yeah. But it's literally nothing. They use all the, the DOD housing. They used it for like room clearing, like just windows are busted out everywhere because they just they go and flashbang it and clear rooms and train and stuff. Well, so she was like, I really like for you guys to come out there. We'll even pay you guys SAG wages wages to come out there. We're going to get paid what SAG wages, Screen Actors Guild. So like if you're in the union, you make more money. Yeah. But it's expensive to to get in the union. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't I wasn't in the union yet. Yeah, because I remember Vincent, uh, Vincent was telling us about that. Yeah, it's expensive. And every year, the price goes up. Yeah. So they tell you when you get there, try to do it as soon as possible, because every year you stay here, the price is going to go up. And so um, she's like, I'll pay you SAG wages while you guys are out there. And she's like, I'd really like to use you as Jake Standin, which is basically the guy who stands on his marks, and they line up the camera and set up pictures. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't say lines. It's before they are it's actually like a test shoot, basically. Yeah, like, and then he walks to his points and whatnot, and they set up the lighting and all yeah. that stuff. And I was, she's like, but she's like, I don't know if you're tall enough. She's like, how uh, how tall are you? And I was like, I was like with combat boots on. I was like, I'm five ten. You know? And she's like, mm, you're kind of short for that. She's like, well, how tall is Ryan? And I was like, I think he's like five eleven, maybe taller. And 
Jake is like six one, six two, something really? like that. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's, yeah, he's pretty tall. So he's like, well, he's kind of short, but we can we can make that work. We'll use him. So we'll we'll use Ryan as his stand-in, but you can come out there with us and and do it. He's like, okay, yeah, this is awesome. I was pumped, you know what I mean? And yeah. so we went out there, and what was cool was because like we'd shoot all of our scenes that they needed like background extras for. And then they would send everybody else home. The majority of the people that were out there were people who lived in that small community out there. Um, they actually had, they called them like desert rats. <laughs> like it was just yeah. basically very poor community, but it was cool. They got to be in a movie. So they got a whole bunch of people to come out and pretend yeah. to be, excuse me. So um, after they would send everyone home because shooting is all day, yeah. like 18 hour days. It's absurd. You know what I mean? So like they'd send everybody home. Well, I would stay because Ryan and I rode together for everything. And like, I would just hang out in the background, like behind, or like on set, but just behind the scenes and just hang out with Ryan when, when we weren't being, he wasn't being used or whatever. And like, ended up talking with Jake and like had, had him, like, I was like, you know, one of my really good friends is like, obviously in love with you, like, thinks you're awesome. If I call her, would you talk to her? And she was like, yeah. Actually, didn't it end up being her birthday? Yeah, I think it was something like that. It was like, like yeah, that. it was her birthday. And yeah, I was right. like, so I called her and I was like, Whitney, I was like, I got something for your birthday. And she was like, okay. And I was like, hang on a second. And it was on speaker and I just held it up. And he's like, hey, what's going on? This is Jake Gyllenhaal. And ended up talking to her for like a couple of minutes or whatever. And she's like, are you serious? And he's like, swear to God, we're on the set right now. We're shooting a movie, uh, uh, Jarhead, blah, blah, blah. And she was just like flipped out. She was like, oh my God, oh my God. But it was pretty cool. But yeah. it was it was cool. Once I just one day I'll sit down and I'll tell you the whole story and like how I ended up coming home and everything because yeah. I really loved what I was doing. I hated California. Oh yeah. But I really loved the stuff we were doing. It was long hours, but it was just super cool learning all that stuff and meeting people and you know, I really what I wanted to do is I really wanted to get into like voice acting, cartoon characters or commercials for like totally see that, like, right? Another Robin Williams. Yeah, I think that would have sure. been so fun. Like just yeah. You don't have to see me. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, because I like, I was, in my mind, I'm like the average Joe. I'm not, I'm not super, super good looking, but I'm also not super ugly. So I'm like, I'm in that, I'm in that medium area. He's not a 10, he's not a five. Yeah, so like, so in my head, I'm like, you know, how can I find my niche? And my, I was like, I really feel like my manager wanted me to do stand up, but I was like, I just, I don't think I'm made for stand up. I just, I really like it's so different when you're just when you're expecting to make someone laugh versus you're just hanging out. That's always a problem, Liam. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was like, I, that fire, like I love that. Yeah. So I think we should I think we should cut it off, but we have we so, one short story. Okay, we can do another story. Because we have so many stories that we're gonna go over, we just kinda Well, I have lots of stories. We had fun, but yeah. Yeah. We we're talking <laughs> like, about the whole chart. Most people are because they don't yeah. like when I came back, yeah, when I came back, done so many things though. Like, literally, has done so many different jobs, well, no, so I many mean, different like, careers, and never got to go. Our fans, yeah. I, no, I'm just saying, I only know you from the right. CDMA, right? And I thought that you've done military, you know, this well, damn near this entire time. Still getting to know. And then all of a sudden, you pop out. Oh, I was in Hollywood, California, <laughs> LA, and I was like, wait a minute, my buddy, we were both hot. We were hockey freaks, and he played hockey and I played pond hockey, never like, like organized hockey. You but know, I once went to a hockey a fight and a hockey game broke out. 
but I once went to a hockey, uh, excuse me, I once went to a fight and a hockey broke out. A hockey, hockey game broke okay. out, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, him and I were like avid skaters, so we had uh, like rollerblades because we played ice hockey and stuff like that. So we'd rollerblade down Hollywood Boulevard like Love about it. every other night. Like it was just fun. It was just, awesome. it was cool. The, the sidewalks were, of course, like, the really nice sidewalks where Hollywood Boulevard is. So yeah, that just, yeah, yeah, that was awesome. We had a good time. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. We we were idiots and we would like practice accents and and whenever we went down to Hollywood Boulevard or whatever, we'd be like, okay, we have to talk in this accent the entire time we're here. And we would literally like we'd do Scottish, we'd do freaking like. <laughs> England, like English accent, we would do oh, I can't wait whatever. Gets here. We would do so many <laughs> different accents. Like every time we go down, we're like, all right, we're practicing this accent. We had tapes. We, we had tapes we'd listen to, like dialect tapes and like accents, and we'd listen to them and practice or that's whatever. Awesome. So that's how we practice. See him in Braveheart. <laughs> that's how we practice. Is just I am Scottish, by the way. My, my him name. wearing a kilt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. See. I can't see it. Nice I do got some nice legs. I didn't say that. <laughs> not being nice. I just, I'm, I'm, I don't want to see him kill. To be my lucky walk, I'd be like laying on the floor, so lucky walk over the wheel. Shake it. Right. I just have to do this one because it's right. sort of military. Okay, but one, it's, one it's short. Oh, okay, and then we'll just have to have you guys on again, and we'll do more stories. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, my boyfriend said he's not paying rent when he's deployed. This Wait, is to on, their apartment that they both live in? Yes. Hey, this is on the dick. advice um, subreddit. So I just recently found out that my boyfriend will be getting deployed in a few months. He's supposed to be leaving this month for pre-deployment training and told me to pay his half for him and gave me his, his card information. So I guess being naive, I said, will I be doing the same thing while you're deployed? To which his reply was, no, why would it be fair for me to pay rent for a place I'm not going to be living in for up to six to nine months. It caught me way off guard because I moved all the way to Oklahoma from New Hampshire because he told me he wanted us to live together. That's 22 hours away. I have no family or friends down here, and I even had to pay and drive a Penske truck just to get here. What am I supposed to do? I don't want to be here all alone, and I definitely don't want to be financially responsible for an apartment that has the rent continuously increasing almost every month. My best friend and my family keep telling me that I should leave him because the because the way he already treats me. And then when I told them about this, they lost their minds. Yeah. Is there any other people that are dating a service member and have left you solely responsible for rent while they were away? Yeah. No. Now, so I don't know. No. So I actually was going to deploy. And that's the reason why I was talking about earlier in like, like I get a phone call, like, Hey, you're deploying. You need to get ready, get your affairs in order. And I'm like, what kind of time frame? They're like a month, a month and a half. I'm like, okay. So I was at work. I was working on ambulance service at the time. I actually called my boss and Hey, I need to leave for a couple hours. I got to get married. He's like, what? So I left. Called her on the way home and said, hey, get on something nice. We're going to get married. She's like, why? I said, because I just found out we're deploying like in a month, a month and a half, something like that. And I don't want you and the kids, because she was pregnant at the time. We were engaged, but we weren't married. Mm-hmm. And so that she was pregnant. So I was like, I don't want you and the kid that's coming not to be covered if something was to happen to me. Right. 
you'll yeah. have some well, kind I mean, of. I had gas on my fridge. Yeah. Right, mm -hmm. So you'll. I told her, I said, I want you to be covered. Right. So I went home, grabbed her, we went to the courthouse, come back. And like yeah, I said, you didn't, didn't tell her. tell her when you were leaving. Like, by the way, no, my paycheck's no, mine. No, good luck. Um, here's here's the question I would have, and I don't know if there's any updates to it. There is an update. Does is she on the lease with him, or is he on the lease? If he's here, here's he's I a dick for doing it. Yeah, but if he's not on the lease, tough shit. I feel like he mm -hmm. must have gotten the apartment because he talked her into moving there. And very, yeah, you were. Yeah. But, but even is, so, like he could have been living in the dorms, right? You mm -hmm. know, or the barracks. The barracks. Yeah. So, so yeah. So what so he should literally choosing to live right. with at an apartment with his. So he had to live do, in the barracks. Well, yes. Yeah. All he's got to do is show his orders for deployment to get out, and of the he lease. could get out of the lease. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Correct. So the fact that he's like, I just don't want to put my stuff in storage and I just want you to pay for the rent while I'm gone, that's a that's a dick move. Like and especially I think that's definitely you. You know what her occupant he was an E he was an E two. Yeah. E <laughs> three. And she was a stripper. And she you know from New Hampshire? Hampshire. I don't think she was a stripper. There's strip clubs everywhere. I know, but I just States. don't see I just don't see someone I think it's a young, naive girl. That followed, group, that yeah. followed her boyfriend. Found, her on in, found him on the internet. They were talking. He talked her into moving there. Or, yeah, that, yeah. that to me sounds like a whole meme of you want to try care. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. But it's like she really didn't have any sort of incentive to move there except for just to be with him because like, they're I not sent, married. Yeah. They're not going to get benefits. I sent her home when I deployed. I was yeah. like, there's no sense. I mean, we had friends in Oklahoma. But we had a baby. Well, I mean, she was what? She was a year and a half. A year and half. I was like, there is absolutely no sense in you staying here and us paying. By myself. Yeah, by yourself, taking no care family. of a kid with no family and us paying rent for you to be away when from everyone. I could everyone. literally just be with my parents. Yeah, I was like, we put our stuff in storage. our daughter. Right. Right. Like, I gotta, and that's, so my, my PL that I deployed with to Iraq actually is in, he's in the Middle East somewhere. I don't know exactly. I think Kuwait maybe, but I'm not sure. But anyways. He actually sent his wife, did the same thing, his wife and his newborn, or not newborn, but about a year old baby, sent them back up here to Huntsville. He's yeah. like, I'm not, he, hey, I'm deploying, here's my orders. They got out of the lease, yeah. they moved everything, put it in storage yeah. up here. And she's lived with mom and dad until That's exactly we saved day. so much money. Yeah. And, and you get hazard pay. Yeah. Like this guy's Depends getting hazard pay most likely, now, depending on where is, you are. Sort of fixate, or what you're doing. Is he, you know, everybody's like, oh, deployment's a wide Right. Well, I mean, that is true. What branch of service is he in? Because if he's if he's in Oklahoma, Air Force, he he's got to be on. He's well, no, no. There's a bunch of Marines. There's there's Air Force Air Force base there, but there's also Marines stationed in, in Sill. They have a uh, artillery unit yeah. of Marines there, but there's Tinker mainly, there's Tinker Air yeah, Force Base, mm -hmm. and then there's another Air Force base in Oklahoma, I think. Or um, OKC, isn't there? I don't remember. Okay, I know there's Tinker. Though. Tinker yeah. Air Force Base is there. Yeah. Well. And then there's Fort Seal. So depending on what it is. Yeah, because so if he's deployed for six months. Six to nine months, it been. Well, see, there's, there's probably when I deployed in eight. Six to nine months, he's definitely Air Force. No, no, no. Wait a minute. No, I was twelve months. No, hold on. Wait a minute. Air Force does not go over six months. That's what I'm saying. Period. They they get six months and they come home. Now, if if you're in the army, you can. Uh, your boots can be on the ground at, at least, least nine, nine months. Yeah, because when I did when I deployed in eighteen and nineteen, they said 
you, you know, go ahead and play. I, I was gone, what, 11 months total from the time I left till the time I got back mm-hmm. was 11 months. Mm-hmm. Because I left in uh, one November is when I left and went to, uh, well, actually went on orders. Uh, for November, we left, went to Bliss. I was in Bliss for almost a month. Mm-hmm. And then I was boots on the ground in Iraq in December the 5th. Um, and then, so from December the 5th till August the 22nd or 24th or something like that, um, I was in Iraq. And then I come back home and I was back home. Well, home September. I mean, the he's probably most summer. likely he's army, but still he's a douche. Yeah. He's a dick and a douche. Yeah. Well, there is an update. Let's hear it. It says, thank you all to have commented with great advice and words of encouragement. My friends, family, and I have decided that it would be best in my best interest interest to move out when our lease is up in June. And my ex can either move his belongings back to his barracks room or into a storage unit until his family can come down and get it for him. I believe this is the best I can do given the situation. I don't want to be a bitter person that causes him any trouble, so I'll be removing myself from this situation as respectfully and considerately as I can. She's doing a good job. because yeah. yes. But again, you should be able to get out of that lease. Right. Because no, he the, has orders. There ain't no ifs and buts about it. There's, that he, they cannot obligate they cannot hold you obligated to a lease or a contract right. if you're deploying. Right. Yeah. That's that's law. And I wonder if there were some comments that even said that. But I'm I'm gonna look and then. Yeah, because I bet you someone, at least someone with military backgrounds, like show your orders yeah. and you can get out of the lease and go home. He can just put his crap in storage because that's messed up. Like, and for him to expect her to, like, foot it all. Like they're not even married. Right. Right. And like for him, like I don't know, it's just crazy. somebody said I can believe I believe he can end his lease for being deployed and right. gives all this information. Right. And he, that's, so it's not necessarily just deployment; it's if anything to do with the military. If you're right. PCS, and, yeah, you could even be going on TDY for six months, and you can get out of that. Yeah, yeah, you get you or TDY for like a couple months, you can get out of a lease for it. But anyway, yeah, well. That's a good one. That's a good one. I'm glad we, mm-hmm. I'm glad you read that one. But we definitely gonna have to have you guys on again, and we'll do some more. Have pages. I know so. you did so good preparing, and we just kind of went off on a tangent. <laughs> we did, but that's okay. It was still fun. Yeah, yeah, we found out there's always the good ones. Yeah, that's right. I had fun. So we will put the link to y'all sweet tea. Yeah. In this uh, post, that way people can. Uh, awesome. Check them out because it's delicious. So good. You can yeah. get on a like a month a month membership where they send you tea once a month. They got super cool. Is mason jars better than Lipton tea? I like it. I think it honestly. I think it tastes just like Milo's. If I had I feel to like compare it's it, different. It's different. Milo's. I, like. do, I will say this. Milo's does have just a tad bit of an aftertaste or like that tea. That's taste. Sad. I think this one doesn't like. I don't like Milo's. I think this is better than Milo's, okay, and it go. doesn't have the bite after I swallow yeah, at that, all. That so tea, I would like definitely taste after it. I would mm-hmm. definitely be throwing the Milo's away and okay. switching to y'all tea. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of them. <laughs> That's real good. Yeah. But plus, they're a local company, and yep. you know, two guys, two high school buddies that started this. I think they have them in like Piggly Wigglies and stuff. Yeah, now they, yeah, they got, we don't have Piggly Wiggly here, so we do a new, a new, a new hope. hope down there. So. Have one. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, and thanks for coming and being on. Always have a blast. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you later. Bye.
<laughs> Phone ring. Bye, everybody.